Welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show. I'm a special guest, Kevin O'Brien, who is a teacher and strength and conditioning coach at Kamehameha Schools Maui. Today we're with co-host Alan Kalaiva'a and me, your host Justin Yanagita. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. So, Kevin O'Brien, I'm excited. So people are curious, how did you get started all this? And how did your journey initially begin? Well, uh, every day and every year, that the memories of that journey are getting more distant. I have to <laughs> that part, but uh, you know, I'm just uh, uh, I'm just a young. Uh, I was just a young guy in Colorado, the state of Colorado, and I grew up in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and uh, I grew up in a great uh, sort of area of the town of town, and I went to uh, high school at a place called Cheyenne Mountain High School. Mm. And uh, I was very formative and I was very fortunate to grow up there. And um, we had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends, fathers had, you know, were businessmen and owned their own businesses and doctors and uh, everybody worked hard and people were, I was, I was fortunate. It was a bunch of successful people I was around growing up and we all learned a great work ethic, I think. And uh, you know, my parents were the same way. My dad was a, a lawyer who uh, originally worked for the government, and then he started his own practice in Colorado Springs, and uh, they moved to this area, the Cheyenne Mountain District, a district, Colorado Springs School District number 12, and uh, I was just, I, you know, being a practicing historian, I, I kind of look back, I've been looking back on my life and just realizing how lucky I was uh, to grow up in, uh, it was, it's a beautiful area, first of all, uh, for those of you who have ever watched the old movie War Games and, you know, NORAD is inside of the mountain, you know, the, the big Space Defense Command Center uh, where NORAD, that's inside of a mountain. Well, it, the mountain that it's inside of is Cheyenne Mountain. And so Cheyenne Mountain is actually a place and our high school was right on the slopes of this mountain. And uh, I've actually toured NORAD twice. And, you know, I played sports and I was never, uh, I loved football. Uh, I just loved football was my favorite sport. And my other sport was, my other sport growing up was ice hockey. I loved football and ice hockey were my two favorite sports uh, to watch and to play, but I liked all of them. And I played soccer and I played baseball and I dabbled in even basketball. It wasn't as great as those, <laughs> in those sports. Um, and then I went to University of Colorado and enjoyed that time. And that's where I started my coaching career, my actual football coaching career. Uh, when I was a sophomore in college, I was mm-hmm. coaching ninth grade football at a, oh, wow. local, a local, what was called junior highs back then. And so it was a, really a freshman team, uh, you know, junior high, all the high schools in Colorado and where I went to high school was really a three-year high school. So you went to a junior high for seventh, eighth and ninth grade, and then mm-hmm. you went to high school, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Uh, that's changed now. It's different. All high schools are four years now in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was coaching uh, freshman football by the time I was 19, um, wow. you know, I, I loved playing and mm-hmm. I was not the, of the size or the speed or the stature or the talent to continue my playing career. Mm-hmm. So I what position did you play? Yeah. I was an undersized defensive lineman. So I was, it's crazy. Nice. I, was a, I was a small defensive lineman and I just, I didn't play very much. You know, one of the things that part of this whole story and, you know, Justin being a fitness person and having a gym and uh, those types of things, what really got me going towards uh, a life of coaching in the weight room as well was my own experience, uh, mm. realizing how uh, important 
weight training was because I was undersized and I was always the smallest kid. And when you're young and when you're little, uh, that's not as big of a deal because, uh, and one of the reasons why I like football is you can find a role there. That's a sport that you can find a role. You don't have to be, uh, the most talented player to find a role to contribute to the team in football. And that's one of the, and I think more so because that, you know, that's, it's really 22 positions. You know, a basketball team has five positions. A soccer team has nine or 10 or whatever. But a football team only has 22. So you, everybody can find a little niche in there. Well, when you're little, you know, yeah, I couldn't be running back and I wasn't the quarterback, but I could play line and do those things and contribute. But as you get a little bit older and the guys get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger <laughs> as you have to get to high school, and I sort of lag behind that, I found that uh, – going in the weight room really made a difference for me. And I had a really, I didn't, I was on the team in high school, my sophomore and junior year, and I played JV, uh, but I never played varsity. I didn't get a chance to play it hardly at all in varsity. And, but I kept lifting weights. Uh, mm -hmm. I kept on lifting weights junior and senior year or uh, sophomore and junior year and going into my senior year. And I finally was a solid rock solid 150 pounds going into my hey. senior year. Wow. And <laughs> D-line. <laughs> and I got to play. I started all 11 games in my senior year. And, but I really wow. realized how valuable weight training was. And I really sort of fell in love with it in mm -hmm. high school and um, have really made it. It's really been part of my lifestyle ever since. And uh, I really can't imagine a life without weight training and fitness mm -hmm. training, things that we're you, the three of us all love. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, I've gotten better at coaching at it, coaching it. And, you know, Alan is one of my great stories, of course, because <laughs> she was, well, absolutely. She was, uh, she was an athlete at Kamehameha schools when I was coaching there. And I, she was a swimmer and a water polo player, which I never, <laughs> I never did, but I have gotten to learn over the years, the, the, Weightlifting can help swimmers, and I figured out ways to sort of train them. And mm -hmm. and then uh, Alan jumped in, and she loved it, and she enjoyed it. I'll tell you later on the very first time I ever ever saw Alan, ever. <laughs> Please do. And, and I'll tell oh, you, gonna be excited. <laughs> All our story was alumni. And then she comes back, and she's an alumni, and she becomes the head water polo coach, and she's the swim coach, and and she asked me to help her team. So that made me. I was very flattered, and I remember that being a seminal moment for me as a, as a, as a weight room coach and a fitness coach, because here's a, somebody who I trained as an athlete who's come back as a coach and still wants me to train her athletes. And that made, that meant a lot to me and uh, made me feel really good. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Oh good. man. You're awesome. Mr. O'Reilly. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I remember you training us in high school. I have to have my athletes train with you too, because it, it was not just, it didn't just help us when we were in the water, but just conversing with you and like who you are as a person, it was just so inspiring. You're just so inspiring. I, I just love you so much. <laughs> well, yeah, same I, with think, me. Mm -hmm. I think, and Justin, you can certainly relate to this. One of the beauties and, you know, reading your story in your book, you, one of the things about fitness and strength training and health and being healthy it brings you to a place from where you are to where you can be. Uh, and that's what happened with me. Uh, I was at a particular place and I wanted to get to another place and weight training got me to that next 
place that I wanted to be. And so uh, it's fun. And that's what whole thing about being in education. I see it in the classroom. I see it happening with young people uh, intellectually going from where they are uh, to where they can be uh, maturity level wise, socially where they are to where they can be. And physically when they, uh, as they grow anyway, you know, in high school, boys and girls all grow to some further level of maturity, but weight training can bring them to a place where they maybe never believed they could be and do things in their sport or athletically or with their own health that they didn't believe they could do. And so, you know, I'm, you know, Absolutely. That's, that's the thing. And Alan is living proof of that. Justin, you're living proof of that as well. You know, I want to just share one thing for uh, the audience too, because it was, I think one of the first times I've met you, we were working out by yourself, right? When we're about to close down, you were doing the TRX. I saw you hanging upside down doing TRX mountain climbers or something like that. And at that time I was like, wow, that's really cool. That, you know, the TRX and all that. And I, I was like, I got to talk to this guy. And we started talking about stuff. And one thing is you're very easy to do. And you were sharing with me about all kinds of stuff. One of the things you, I remember you told me was to make sure to keep learning, keep learning, find the new things, we keep reading, do all these things. And out of the many conversations, I remember that was one of the memorable ones. I mean, you talked to me about investing, about all kinds of stuff too. So, but that one, I really remember you told me to keep attending conferences, reading books, doing all of these things. And no, I just, I'm just really thankful. And the other time was when I saw you training Alan's swim athletes. I thought you were the coach and I thought Alan was participating. I was like, Hey, and then I popped, when she popped up, like, Hey, all right, guys. I was like, Oh, <laughs> that was awesome well alan did work out with the team uh, many times it was she, incredible yeah, yeah i love that she, she, she jumped right in there so yeah, yeah. people respect well, uh, that if i enjoyed it when i was in high school i enjoyed <laughs> it after college too yeah, i was right. uh, you know not maybe not as uh, in shape when i <laughs> after college but it's yeah. still fun i loved it it is fun well you know justin we you know part of, i guess you, you know uh, i watched the interview you did with Blaine Geisen and you sort of talked about how he hired you to be the one of the strength coaches in the weight room at Kamehameha Schools Maui High School mm -hmm. and so that's where I got to know you originally is because I had been I had done that sort of job if you will mm -hmm. uh really since the school sort of op almost since the school opened but the mm -hmm. whole time I've been there for 16 years I've been in the weight room and you were one of those guys one of those people there's been lots of different people have done that but you did that for a year a year and a half or I think or or was it? Yeah, it was, uh, was one it, year. It was one yeah. year. And so that's, that's, I, you know, I'm like, who's this guy? Okay, this new guy coming in. All right, who's this? Yeah. Oh, whoa, this guy's got a lot of energy. I like this guy. This guy's <laughs> ready to go. Okay. This guy's cool. <laughs> I can relate to this guy. This will be great. Man, you know, and with that said, this is amazing because we have a lot of uh, alumni wanted to ask questions and oh actually one of my good friends uh roland sumabot was like hey tell coach coach o'brien i said what's up and also uh mitzi toro also yes. told me to tell you hi cool. and Great. wishing all the best and so one of the first questions we got is from kayleen lao mm -hmm. kayleen tennis player so kayleen is asking what's the best advice you've received or given been given What's the best advice I've ever been given? Uh, mm -hmm. I think the best advice 
that I've ever been given and that I've tried to uh, live my life is that you just, you, to be genuine and to give great effort no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I sort of mentioned in my bio growing up, I had a lot of people that I could look at and admire for doing that. And uh, the adults that, uh, the adults in my life, my parents, my friends' parents, uh, all the coaches, I, the various football coach, you know, my head, the head, the head high school football coach at Cheyenne Mountain, he still coaches. He actually coaches at Colorado State Pueblo University. He's been down there mm -hmm. for a number of years. But I, you know, I still talk to Coach Fetters. His name is Carl Fetters, and I still talk to him. And so I think that the best advice is that no matter what you get involved in, give your best effort. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't look, don't look in the mirror later on and say, God, I wish I would have tried harder. I wish I would have, I wish I would have worked a little bit harder. I wish mm -hmm. I would have given a little bit more of myself. It's not hard to try. One of the things I've discovered, it's not tr hard to try harder. And that I like that. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean don't have fun and don't have, you know, like try harder in your relationships that you try to build with people. That's one of the things that, uh, I, you sort of say, well, I'm going to try harder to have better relationships with all kinds of, okay, that's kind of like, but then you start doing it and then it becomes natural, uh, mm. just becomes automatic. And, um, it's fun to, it's fun to try hard to have good relationships, even though I don't really think of it that way. Um, it's fun to give your best and accomplish. Uh, it's also a great learning experience when you try your best and you give your best and you don't quite reach that thing. And I believe that I, and I'm a firm believer that there's always some lesson to be learned in, in everything that you do. And sometimes it's not obvious and sometimes it's not apparent right away. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's always lessons to be learned and effort and genuineness. And, you know, and that, that means to me, that means you respect people and you respect everybody. And you, I, you know, I'm going to be genuine with you and honest with you because I respect you uh, because I respect everyone. And that, it's just something that uh, somebody said that to me. And I, you know, I was just fortunate that I was able to observe that as a young person. And I've tried to be that way and give, you know, we all talk about paying it forward and giving back. And that's how I've kind of tried to be myself to be a role. I don't know if that's exactly what I am, but I've tried yeah. to be somebody that people can look at and say, well, okay, Mr. O'Brien always gives his great effort, gives us great effort. Mr. O'Brien's here every day. Mr. O'Brien genuinely seems to care about how we're doing in the classroom, in the weight room, on the field, et cetera. Uh, Mr. O'Brien seems to work hard. I try to be that way. And I think that's, that's uh, not as hard. I've learned one thing that's not that hard to be genuine and give great effort. It's actually way more fun and it'll make you a much happier person. That's like one it. of the things that I like remember about you. I was just kind of like reflecting on our days back at Kamehameha and even not only when I was a student but when I became a coach too you were always very straightforward but in a very caring way like it was tough love but I know that the things that you would say and the advice that you would give always came from a very like caring place so it never came off as like you were like scolding me <laughs> You know, it was just like, you know, just giving me advice. And like, I really appreciated that because it felt so, it felt very comfortable and that it was very effortless when you were building relationships with the, the coaches and the athletes and the families. And 
it was just something that I really appreciated, not just as a student, but as, um, as a coach later on too. Well, that means a lot. Uh, that means a lot. And I, I'm very grateful and I appreciate that. That's the kind of thing. Thank you. That's the kind of thing that makes, makes it all worthwhile. And, uh, you know, as an educator, you know, uh, compliments are great. And uh, that means a lot. And thank you. And so it wasn't that hard to do that. It wasn't that hard to just be honest with you. And yeah, I, it's like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know, Justin, I'll tell you, my father was a bluntly honest man and my father never lied. And he was so bluntly honest that sometimes he offended people. And so I always admired that in my father that he never, he always told the truth. Uh, but sometimes he's like, oh man, he was. So I, look, I just try to be honest and say, uh, out of respect for people. And I, because I want people to improve in them. I want everybody to improve in their lives. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I just think being honest is, is <laughs> being honest is really easy. And, uh, I mean, all these things I do, I kind of find them like simple. It's like, I think of myself as just a simple person and a simple man who's just doing what is supposed <laughs> to be. And so that's sort of how I go about it. And I've been fortunate that it works for me. It works for me. So, Thank you, Alan. Kayleen Lau, by the way, Kayleen Lau, she's yeah. she's power cleaner. She's a great tennis player, oh. but she loved the weight room too. She loved fitness, loved the weight room. Mm -hmm. Shout out, Kayleen. Yep. All right, yep. Alan. Oh, okay. So, John Williamson, <laughs> he asked, uh, "What are the top three exercises to do at home?" You know, because he's off in college, right? But well, I guess he might be home now, but. He, I guess, is feeling not as motivated to work out. So he's just wondering what are some things that you might suggest that he can do at home? Well, uh, I would suggest, <laughs> I would suggest, first of all, I would do a stretching routine, number one, and number two, and, and sort of within that, number one is something that you can do at home and you have time to do is learn how to do yoga. I think that, uh, and somebody like John, John is tall and lanky. Uh, yoga would be a perfect thing for him. Uh, I think that, you know, with people being stuck at home, um, yoga is a perfect thing because I think yoga is not only for stretching, but it's also for strength building. I think it could benefit anybody at any age, literally. I think more high school kids should learn this. Um, but as we get older, certainly we get much, <laughs> trust me, we get much, uh, we get much tighter. And uh, so yoga, I, I, I wish I did it more often. I love doing it, but I don't do it as often as I probably should. Um, the second thing I would do is I would do, uh, I would do something that, and so that makes your hips that will, I'm Alan and Justin, you probably remember this said that I, the biggest thing I care about is hips. So I think that if you're an athlete, especially high school athletes, you got to work on your hips more than anything else. And your hips, first of all, have got to be strong and then they've got to be, flexible and then they can become powerful. So one of the things that we always did with Alan or all the teams at school, I think is, is lunges and walking lunges. And oh. so stretch and do yoga. Oh, that hill. Yeah. <laughs> that hill. <laughs> stretch and do, uh, yeah. So everybody who's listening, uh, somebody named it O'Brien Hill one day. So the Brian Hill. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that's something to, to do. And then I think you've got to do, uh, you know, I think push-ups and sit-ups are good, but I think the third thing is some sort of core exercise you've got to figure out to strengthen your core. So mm. uh, I would I would get flexible. 
first of all, and then I would get I would get strong, and then I would work on my core and keep my core super strong too. Those would be the three things I would say. Big John. Great advice. <laughs> Great advice. Um, oh, speaking of being a teacher, so Quinn Shiraishi asked this. So she said, from someone who is considering becoming a teacher, what do you think makes a successful and impactful educator? And when you were growing up, did you see yourself in the place that you are now? Okay, so uh, I think that um, an impactful educator uh, is somebody that um, I have tried to make an impact by making my subject matter uh, pertinent to the students' lives uh, today. So you may say, well, how do you make history? I mean, hi you're teaching history, Mr. Ryan. You're teaching world history. You're teaching all this ancient stuff. Uh, how does that possibly relate? Well, it does relate. And there's always a way to relate a subject matter to the students that you have. And one of the things is you have to talk about that. You can't just teach your subject and not try to relate it to the students' lives. Even young kids, I think you can do that. Um, and you have to have a passion for your subject. So I'm fortunate that I've always loved the study of history. I've always, uh, that goes back to my parents. You know, both my parents grew up during the, uh, my parents grew up during the depression era and world war II, And so, you know, they understood, uh, that those times were very difficult and very formative on not just their lives, but the whole country's lives and obviously the whole world's lives. And so they always appreciated history and they, I was lucky they instilled that into me. So that would be the first thing I would say. And you've got to, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, they say, isn't it, doesn't it get boring teaching the same thing every year over and over again? And I'm like, this is not even close. It's not, even, not boring at all because it's, uh, it's, you have a new audience every year and uh, the new audience gets, uh, you get to do it all over again and hone it and tell those stories even better and talk about those kinds of things even more so and try to relate it more so to their lives. And so those would be the two things. You got to love what you're, you got to love the subject and you've got to try to relate it to, and I think if you, you know, the old saying that if you do something you love, you never really go to work a single day in your life. I think that that is possible in teaching. And there's a lot of difficult things about teaching and there's a lot of difficult things about being a teacher. And there's always, uh, there's always red tape and bureaucracy that you have to go through. That's not that much fun, but I think I would argue that's the way it is in any job working at a restaurant or whatever. Uh, but the fun part is with the kids. And if you, uh, have passion for your subject matter, the kids will see that if they, you can relate it to their lives, they will see that and they'll accept that. Now, the second part of the question is, did I see myself in this role? Not really. Um, like I said, I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of, a lot of uh, families who were professionals and who had their own businesses. And when I went, originally went to college at the University of Colorado in Boulder, there you go right there, shout out to the bottom. <laughs> uh, I was in the business school. Um, and it was funny, that's just sort of what, you know, kids from my neighborhood sort of went in the direction, not everybody, but that's the direction I was gonna go. And be in business and I don't know what it would have been but I took one history class and I always loved history classes anyway and I think they can sort of relate business and history and so I took one history class just to fill up my schedule in my freshman year and that was like the only class I got an A in uh, it was the only class I was super motivated about so the next year uh, this guy he was a fraternity brother he was a senior 
and he was going to be a student teacher. Uh, he was actually from Boulder, Colorado, graduated from high school right in there, right in Boulder. Uh, he was going to be a student teacher at this junior high where uh, he had actually gone to um, junior high at this small school. He became the, they named him the head ninth grade football coach. So he asked me to be as one of his assistants. I've just finished my freshman year going into my, it's going to be my sophomore year. And that was the first guy. His name was Kevin Middleton, another Kevin. And uh, that's how I got my first sort of taste of coaching. And I was actually kind of depressed. I went through a very kind of depressed time my freshman year of college because I really missed football. And I had such a successful senior year. And um, then suddenly it's gone and didn't have it. Uh, hmm. And so this guy, Kevin, asking me to coach with him was like changed my whole life. And he's like, you know, he would go to school every day and be at school all day. And he would, he would be around these kids all day that we were coaching every afternoon. And he was telling me how great it was and how much he loved it. And um, I switched majors. So I, sw I switched majors to history almost as soon as that fall of my sophomore year football season ended, I switched majors and uh, to history and to uh, education. I kind of got a double major at university of Colorado and uh, the next three years, that, so that guy left and he, he took a job in Florida. Um, and he, uh, you know, what's funny about him is I got into education because of him. And then he did education, got out of it, went into business later in his life. <laughs> and, uh, but that's how, that's how it works. So I didn't really, I didn't really foresee myself being in this career position, but I have to tell you, I've been very blessed and I'm very glad that this is how my uh, super glad how this my life has uh, turned out, no doubt. Dang. That's one there of the things go. that I really like appreciated in high school, Mr. O'Brien, was that because I am not a history person, like uh, I have a really hard time remembering like the dates and the people. But when I took your class, I had so much fun. You know, granted, I may not have remember, I don't remember all this stuff anymore, but I had so much fun taking your class and before it would be a class that I would really dread, but you being so passionate about it and you making it fun for us and like relatable, I really, really enjoyed the classes that I took from you. Yes, I, I, I'm very fortunate that I've been, I've gotten a lot of feedback like that from former students and I feel really lucky that that's uh, the impression that I'm giving off. And, um, you know, I had a sixth, he was really a teacher in elementary school who was our, we wrote, we would rotate teachers in our fourth, fifth and sixth grade year. And we had this guy, his name was Mr. Heimbach, David Heimbach. And I think he's still alive. I think he's in his eighties and he was like that. And he was just so on the go and passionate and <laughs> just going crazy all the time and so excited. And he made a huge impression on me uh, even before I decided to become a teacher. And then as I became a teacher, I would often think about, that exact thing that you're talking about, about him. He was so passionate. He was the most passionate teacher uh, that I ever had um, at any level. Um, and so I always remember that. And I try to keep that in mind because I think that is a winning formula. There's no doubt. I do. Totally agree. Dang. <laughs> so this question I want to ask, it's like a fun question. Lahela Matsui. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basketball so, player, soccer player. Yeah, there we go. She's asking, what's it like to be the GOAT teacher at Kamehameha School, Maui? America wants to know. 
ask, uh, I'll ask Michael Oliver that question. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just, know, <laughs> I just know for my own self that, uh, uh, I'm very fortunate to have, I, you know, I worked at St. Anthony high school first. That was my first job on my first job on Maui. And I worked there for 12 years and I ended up being, the, I coached football there the whole time and ended up being the head football coach at, St. Anthony for five years. That's how I know Roland Sumabot, by the way. Roland, Roland that's right. Yeah. Roland, one of our great players. Uh, talk about an undersized, big-hearted oh, man. Kid. He I love is. that guy. He was so great. His brother Raymond played for us briefly. Uh, great guys. Roland is one of my all-time favorite guys. Um, and Kamehameha Schools opened up, and I made the change, and I just feel very fortunate to work at a great place. And I've just – I feel really fortunate that uh, – mm -hmm. uh, you know, the students in the community have uh, embraced me, and I just feel really fortunate about that. So thank you very much, Lahela. That's really cool. And <laughs> I think that's – Lahela. Yeah. She, she, she is uh, – I remember she – her going into her senior year, they moved uh, basketball season, which used to be in the – basketball season used to be in the spring, girls' basketball. Then they moved it to the winter – and she was a soccer player, really good soccer player, really good point guard. And so she was going to have both of her seasons right on top of each other. And I was one of the few people that defended her that she should have the right to play both. That uh, mm -hmm. this was no fault of her own, but that, you know, everybody's saying, you got to choose, you got to pick one. And I was the only, the only one who said, that's ridiculous. She should be allowed to play both. She's been a contributing athlete on both these teams. This is not her fault that this has happened. Let her play both. And it didn't happen that way. So. I always remember that story, and I was I was glad to defend her on that. I thought uh, that was the right thing to do. Damn, I remember all these hella. stories. See, I, remember all, I can remember all these stories like they're yesterday. So that's awesome, man. So the very first time I saw Alan, uh, <laughs> there we go, back to the loop. So hey, it was in the weight room, okay, and uh, um, I was just thinking about this the other day. So it was in the weight room, and she had to have been a freshman. And so uh, I'm walking through, just happened to walk through the weight room and I look over here and there's this tiny little girl and she's, <laughs> she's, doing, she's doing some sort of surgical tubing workout, you know, the surgical. So she's working on a shoulder type thing and she's doing mm -hmm. it completely wrong. She's not doing, I'm like, I'm looking at her going, uh, <laughs> so I don't say a word and I just look at her and I go, I just do the action that the way it should be done. I just sort of do it the way I sort of stand a particular way. Yeah. The action it should be I don't say anything to her and she looks at me and she starts doing the exact same thing and then I <laughs> and did another one so the very first time I ever dealt with Alan I didn't even speak to her didn't even speak and to her didn't speak to her and I That's said great. I gave her a thumbs up and she gave thumbs me a up. Didn't smile at me the whole time didn't even <laughs> and didn't just she did what I she did what I was demonstrating and she <laughs> And I think like the second time uh, I saw her, I was walking through, she was doing the same thing. She was doing it right. And I just walked by and giving her one of these and she was like, <laughs> remember that? I don't know. But I, don't remember that. That is I remember having to do those exercises because I had like to teach my rotator cuff or something. Yep. But yep. <laughs> well, oh, I'm glad you corrected me. <laughs> it's like this. No, it's not like, it's not like this. It's like this. Yes, that's right. Oh, well, hopefully oh I do it gosh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, got a couple more questions from former athletes, right, Al? Um, this one comes from, well, from Adam 
the DML and Jamie Domingo, who is now Jamie Naho'ikaika, but they kind of asked similar questions. And it has to do with the net. They asked, what does the net do in someone's head who speaks before thinking? And then what's the story behind the net? Yeah, what's the net? I know, I'm like, what is the net? What are they talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know if you know who, I don't know if you know Adam Bidiamal, but Adam Bidiamal was one of those young people. Uh, so one of the things you'll discover is that this, uh, okay, this is not an original idea. Uh, this is uh, my good friend, Pat McCall. This is his original idea. And I have taken this and I always use this but this is Pat McCall's thing. So if you have a kid in class who constantly just sort of blurts out the first thing that comes to his head and he doesn't just, he just says it, something comes to his head and he just says it or she says it without thinking about saying it, you know, there, it's moving from here right out your mouth. And so mm. the way you approach that is you say, did you have uh, and then look, sometimes it's inappropriate and sometimes it's out of place and sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's not. So one of the times, instead of getting mad, instead of going crazy on the kid, you say, did you have net surgery when you were little? Did you have <laughs> surgery on your net? And of course the kid looks at you like, what? Your net, sur net surgery? Yeah, don't you know, haven't you ever studied anatomy that there's a net and there's a net in between your brain and your mouth and the net <laughs> catches your ideas uh, from your head before they go out your mouth. Your your net is obviously damaged. If you were a fisherman, you would starve. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that's what I would say uh, to Adam. That's what I would say to Adam Beatty. He was my student when I was at St. Anthony. He played JV football for us. He was a basketball guy. Um, and Adam is a, Adam's become a teacher. Is he go to your gym? I don't know. Adam's a great guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, sister Cheryl was my was my student as well. Super great family, um, but Adam, you know that's what you would say, and so Adam loves that. Adam Adam still uses that. When Adam was a, when Adam became a teacher, I'm not sure if he's I think he's at Baldwin yeah. now. I think he uses yeah, that Baldwin teacher. I think he mm -hmm. uses that same little thing. That little <laughs> the line. net, yeah, the net. So that's awesome. Or, or like Adam, you need to get your net repaired because if you were a fisherman. <laughs> Oh my God! He's gonna listen to this and start cracking up. Yeah, he will. He will. Adam, That's a shout out. Just became a dad too. Oh, shout really? out, Adam. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one is from Brendan Otani. This is like completely like Brendan Otani. But he asked, "Would you recommend investing in index funds, individual stocks, or starting a four one?" 401k at the right age of 20s or in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you started talking about this in I high think, school. And then again, when I started coaching. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of those. Uh, but what I would say is I would start a Roth IRA and I would fill it up with individual stocks, individual companies like Coca-Cola that, that are dividend paying companies. And if you could start at the ripe age of 20, um, you should do so. And the idea behind dividends in is the idea of compounding interest. And so uh, if you just have a savings account that pays interest, uh, eventually you get to the point where the interest builds up the amount of your, your account and you eventually make interest on your interest. And that's called that's what compounding is. And so a company that pays dividends, you become a part owner in the company and they pay you dividends as a part owner, you get paid as an owner. 
And so what you do with your dividends is you buy more shares of the company. So when Coca-Cola pays you a dividend, they pay four times a year. When they pay you a dividend, you buy more Coca-Cola shares. You don't pocket the money. And then the next dividend payment will be based on how many shares you have and you up that last time you got a dividend payment. So what I would say, my, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of those things. But what I would say is if you can at the right did he say ripe age? That's what I would do is I wish somebody would have taught me about that when I was a teenager to have started a Roth IRA uh, and fill it with individual companies, try to fill it up with maybe 15 companies over the course of a 15 year time period from the time you're 20 to 35. If you could do that with dividend paying companies, you could stop where you could stop after at age 35 and, uh, let that thing ride into for 30 years and you'd have more money than you could imagine because it would just, all it would do is just compound and build itself. So that would be my, and that's sort of what I, it's, it seems really simple. And I teach that to students and they're like, no way, that's too easy. That's, it couldn't be that easy. It is actually, it is. I wish somebody would have taught me to do that when I was, I, I think, I think that finance is poorly taught in our society. Uh, have to you have to teach yourself finance you have to it's we do a good job of giving you know uh, in our society we do a good job of academic education we do a good job of professional education but we do a lousy job of financial education you got to really teach yourself and I think that's unfortunate because um, it really you know a lot of people say well it's stacked against you well that may be true but you could still the average person the regular folks can still make money uh, if you're disciplined and you do a simple strategy based on math, which is, which is exactly what compounding is. I love that. Good for Brandon. Uh, yeah, Brandon. <laughs> Dang. That's good stuff. You know, and, and kind of going on that too, because um, you're 100% you're right about the financial education part. Yeah. Because uh, nobody in either school or any school system or even my family would teach me about that. And it wasn't until I was 17 years old, I was in the weight room at the Old Gold's Gym in Wailuku. And this guy, the walkie family, uh, Uncle Van, he just came up to me and was asking me a bunch of stuff. And eventually, because I'd work out with his son, and eventually he would ask me to read a couple of different books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Kiyosaki stuff. And I was like, nah, you know, I don't read books, but I just want to do a little shout out for him too, because you're hundred percent right. It's, uh, it's not taught so much about investing. And I think while well, was one of the other first times I heard it was from you when I was at Kamehameha, you're like, oh, you should start a Roth and you should do this and probably look into this and, you know, you should think about it for yourself. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, now I think I should do it. <laughs> I really think I should do it at 21 or whatever age it was. So, no, I appreciate well, that. Thank you. You're still young enough to do it. I mean, it's not, you don't have to do it in your 20s. You're, you're a young yep. guy. Justin, yep. you're how old are you? 22 now, 23? I mean, you're just a young guy. You should be able to yeah. get this thing rolling in no time. I'm a smart guy like you. Rich Dad, Poor Dad's great. Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a great book to read. It's a different, little bit of a different strategy, but it's, it's certainly accomplish it's something anybody can accomplish, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Dang. okay so uh moving gears like one of our last questions that we love to ask is if you could go back to if you were 18 years old 
what advice would you give yourself, 18 years old, Kevin O'Brien? Well, I would I would give myself the advice as I that I said earlier. I would take things I would take everything more seriously, and I would go harder than I did. And mm. I I did go hard. I did I studied hard in high school and college. Um, uh, you know, all of us in in my school district in my school, we all studied hard and it was important to all of us to get good grades it was cool to get good grades uh, um, so yeah I always studied hard and uh, I played hard I tried hard uh, but there are times I look back and I go yeah I wish I should I should have done something a little bit harder so I, I would tell that 18 year old version of myself uh, to don't be afraid to go to work a little bit harder to give a little bit more uh, and including the whole kind of concept of relationships earlier and being nice to people and uh, being genuine with people, go hard, do that. Uh, even the fun part, you know, even uh, having a good time. And I don't mean this, you know, get out of control, but I mean, even having a good time, hey, go a little harder. You know, I wish I would have got, somebody says, let's go to the, you want to go to this concert? Yeah, I don't know, probably, eh, no, go, go do those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Go, you know, go be a doer is what I, I am uh, very fond of saying at this point in my life to young people, be a doer. Uh, I think a lot of young people today try to make big decisions for their lives. Uh, I'm going to stop playing this sport because I'm going to do this other thing, or I'm going to do this so I can do this later on. Good Lord, we're making these big decisions and you're 16 and you're making this, just kick the can down the road a little bit and just do <laughs> things. Um, you know, I think Justin and you and I discussed single sport athletes. You know, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not, necessarily in favor of somebody being a single sport athlete. This is the perfect example of what I was right. talking about is that a lot mm -hmm. of kids make this decision to just play one sport and they think that they're going to play one sport because it's going to get them to this point later on down the line. And I'm going to drop this thing over here. or I'm not going to take this class because I got to focus up. Do it, do it all, do as much as you can and do it as hard as you can and give your best effort and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Sometimes you got to say, no, I got too much on my plate. I grant you that but be a doer. That was, that's what I would have, that's what I would tell myself looking back on that 18 year old person. Um, because guess what? That's what I tell 18 year olds today that I'm around. I tell them the exact same Dang. thing. Be a doer. There we go. Be a doer, go harder. I love that. Oh my goodness. And before we go into our final question, Alan, was there anything you want to say? I ask her anything. Uh, I'm just, really appreciative of you. And I think like when I was in high school, I mean, and in college too, but, or after college, I mean, maybe it wasn't a great thing. I don't know, but I was like, okay, Mr. O'Brien, he's like teacher by day, bartender by night. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> and I, I knew, I already knew that I wanted to go into teaching, but I was like, ooh, bartending. Mr. O'Brien's cool and he, he can do it. Okay, I want to try that too. <laughs> I don't know if my parents are too happy about that, but I did it and it was fun. Yep. <laughs> I love bartending. So uh, shout out to Chemo's restaurant where I've worked since 1991. I'm technically still employed there, even though they're closed down, but I love, I love bartending. I uh, bartend on uh, the weekends at the lunch shift and they let me do it. Even though I'm a part-time employee, they let me work one or two days a week when they're open and I'm super grateful because it's so fun. And it's the same thing. I get to meet people from all literally all over the world 
that come to Maui and they all come to chemos, it seems like. And I've made lifelong friends through chemos and it's, you know, it's just a great way to, uh, it's a great way to, you know, it's funny. So you listen to students' problems on during the week and then you listen to adults' problems on the weekend. <laughs> it's a great way to, uh, it's a great way to uh, expand your reach, uh, helping people in all kinds of different ways. It was really cool because when I would come visit you, when I was of age, you know, obviously. Yes. Um, <laughs> that when, I, when we would come visit you, if we had um, like meets or games out in Lahaina, and there would be people coming in and they'd be like, oh, coach. And I'm like, oh, like, but they, I mean, not to be stereotypical, but like they don't look like they're from here. And yep. you're like, yeah, no, they're, they're visiting, but they come and visit me when they're on Maui. <laughs> And so I thought that was really cool because you build those relationships um, that extend past just Maui and past, you know, just chemo. So I think I thought that was really cool. Everybody at chemos calls me coach and every, all the employees call me coach. Uh, and then people who come in, I introduce myself from behind the bar. I'm coach. Uh, my name's Kevin. <laughs> everybody calls me coach. You can call me coach. And so people, I think there's many, there's been times I've heard where, you know, uh, we called chemos to see if you were working. I said, what did you say? They, what we said is Kevin O'Brien working. And the, and the person said, no, nah, there's nobody here who worked. Nobody here named that. Well, they, this young people working the front door who's answering the phone. They don't know my real name. They just said, <laughs> somebody's calling to look for me and I, they can't find me because the person behind there doesn't even know my real name, which is okay. <laughs> I, which is no big deal in the grand scheme of things. So uh, I think lots of people from around, the country and around the world that I've known from behind the bar probably don't know my real name and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you know, I want to just uh, really thank you there. there the, there's the book. <laughs> okay. So I have something to say about this. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? hundred percent. So uh, I, I got a, I got a copy of this and I probably shouldn't tell anybody that I got it for free. I got a free copy. <laughs> And I actually, I have a signature. I have a signed copy of this right here. So, okay, not everybody has this, but I would like to comment about this, Justin. Uh, number one is that I think this is very well done. It's, uh, it's nice because you don't have to read it from the front cover to the back cover. It's sort of, you can jump around. I think that your audience that you're shooting for with this book, it, you've handled it very well. You're talking to basically people who are beginners or people who are, you're talking to basically three groups of people. You're talking to people who are interested in getting into fitness and are not sure how. You're mm -hmm. talking to people in here who are just beginners, who have just sort of started, and how do I get to the next level? And sort of those one step up people who are into it now, and now how do I take it even more to that? And you try to address all those three groups of people. I think you do it very well. But what I want to talk about is the title. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head here. And one of the reasons why, and we haven't really talked about it, is that uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, stage three melanoma, uh, last September. Uh, it sort of manifested itself last summer, late, late in August. And then I was diagnosed last summer. And um, so I've had five, I had five surgeries to remove cancer and tumors and things like that. Uh, I've uh, I had radiation all in February and March, uh, in February of 2020 and February and March were very difficult months for me. Um, I'm, I'm still doing cancer treatment. Uh, today, when we're speaking today, I'm on the right track. I'm, I, 
I'm very optimistic with how things are going. My doctors are very optimistic with how things are going. But I wanted to tell you that um, there were many times when I was in the hospital or in the doctor's office and I would have nurses or, you know, mostly nurses where, okay, we are going to give you the administer this drug or we're here to take you to the next room or all, you know, whatever we're in for an appointment and nurses would say, okay, Mr. O'Brien, do you smoke? No. Uh, do you drink? Not really. Those days are over. Um, high blood pressure? No. Diabetes? No. Uh, this? No, no, no. And all these things say, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, I had nurses say, well, you're boring. Uh, <laughs> fun. Uh, but I am convinced, and this, my point is, is that when I went, when I got diagnosed, I have tried to live a healthy lifestyle. I have tried to live a fit and healthy lifestyle. And yes, uh, you could say, well, Kevin, you got cancer, you got sick. Um, and that's true. But the fact of the matter is, is that I feel like being healthy going into it and uh, trying to do some things to maintain my health, health, even though I was fighting and struggling against the cancer and the mm-hmm. cancer treatment itself has helped me in the long run. Uh, I don't have no doubt. I think that, you know, and CrossFit sort of does this th- CrossFit says uh, fitness, wellness, sickness. And so their argument is, you, you know, if you're in fitness, it's harder to be, if you're in the fitness category, you're going to, you, it's harder to get into that sickness area. If you're closer to the uh, sickness area, more likely. So I always remember that. And then the title of your book struck a chord with me because I really, um, I really agree with that. Um, and I think that having a healthy lifestyle has helped me recover. And I have to admit there were definitely dark days where I did not think I knew I wasn't doing well and I was actually scared and uh, I was um, unable to motivate and inspire myself to, I'm like, there, there were terrible days where you didn't believe you were going to, am I ever going to get better? But I looking back now and here we are in August uh and I'm going in the right direction. And I've really, since April, I've felt better every day since April, but I think a lot of it has to do with trying to have a fit lifestyle, a fit and healthy lifestyle my whole life. Um, and so this is something I guess I wanted to say to your listeners, whoever your listeners are, whoever they may be, uh, that it's never too late to try to get fit or try to get in shape. I don't care. Even if you're a young person who's sort of slipped since high school, when you're working out, it's never too late to get back in shape. Your body wants to be well. Your body wants to be in shape. Your body will respond and you don't have to go to CrossFit or you don't have to lift a thousand pounds to get in shape. You don't have to run a 10K or a marathon. Take a walk around the block and, and work up to two, two laps around the block and those mm-hmm. kinds of feel, feel better. And as you get to feel better, um, you know, it's like uh, my wife always describes it is your, your health is like a glass of water. And when you get sick and whether it be like, you know, Alan's talking about her shoulder injury or, you know, you're in high school and you get an injury, you have to have a knee surgery or me, I get cancer or somebody gets sick some other way. That that sickness or that health issue is going to take away half of your glass of water. Mm. So your, the glass of water, the amount of water in your glass is how healthy you are. So you want your glass of water full because when you get sick, half that water is going to be taken away fighting that sickness or illness or whatever, or that injury. 
So how full do you want your water glass to be? If you're not in very good shape and you don't have much water in your glass mm -hmm. and something happens to you, how much water in your glass do you have to fight the, fit, the sickness and the illness? Dang. So I got to give credit to my wife, Leah, my awesome wife, Leah, and a shout, shout out, out to her. Mm -hmm. Shout out to her. So uh, she had really, she was the way I was able to make it. She was one of the, ma the main way I was able to make it through this whole cancer or journey mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's her that's her uh analogy of the glass of water so um wow. i appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about this and i this is why you know uh, i also have by the way i got a free bumper sticker too right hey. so I, I got it all <laughs> you got it all packaged up. alan thank you i'm actually i'm actually in the book thanks to alan so, so alan yes you are hey. that's how much you have well, impacted uh, my life <laughs> You know, that is just incredible. I'm just so thankful. Like that, that is like a testimonial from the man, Kevin O'Brien. <laughs> People are probably like, did you, did you ask him to say that? No, <laughs> I'm really thankful. And that was actually going to be the last question. What does fighting sickness with fitness, you know, relate to you, mean to you? And, you know, with that. Oh, I watch your yeah, it's like you already figured it out. You see, I like you, man. You do the homework. You do the homework. I love you. So with that said, I just want to acknowledge you and for being here, first of all, spending and investing your time, not only with us, but for the people that's going to listen to this and also see this and acknowledge you also for the, the change and the impact you made in my life and Alan's life and the hundreds and hundreds of people in our community and even outside right so i just wanted to express that and appreciate you for being here and sharing your story as well and man, wishing all the best was there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we end this episode i feel like i could go for two hours on this one yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah i would i just uh, you know, I one of the things, several of the things that I've learned that I actually didn't learn, but they were re-emphasized in my life here in the last year when I'm dealing with cancer is that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of good people out there. Um, and a lot of the people in the medical and health services and the medical field, um, health occupation, there's so many good people out there. Uh, and I just believe that uh, deep down in my heart that I, I believe that most people are good. Um, I am, a, I am, a, I study history. And so I know there's evil in the world. And I know that there has been evil in the world. And, but I also, if I believe certain people are evil, I've got to believe certain, certain people are good. And I do believe that I believe most people are good. And I, I would just say that you got to believe that too. And it's uh, not hard to work on your relationships and do those types of things with your family, your friends, your important ones, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is, it's, it's not hard to work on your relationships. And then the other thing I would say, it's like I just said a moment ago, it's never too late to try to work on your health and you, sh you should work on your health. And uh, it doesn't mean you have to cut back on everything. It doesn't mean you have to stop doing certain things. You just need to do those things in moderation. Uh, and it's not, it's, it's not as hard as you think to get going on a life of fitness and, you know, really just what you're trying to do. Uh, 
you know, we're all, we're all trying to be valuable members of our community. That's what I've tried. I want to, that's why I sort of try to, that's one of the things I really take to pride is I want to be a valuable member of this community. I, mm-hmm. I'm from Colorado. I've lived here now for 29 years. Well, this year is going to be my 30th year on Maui, uh, 1991. So 29 years I've been here. And, but I've tried to be a valuable member of this community. And Justin, that's what you're doing. And I compliment you. You know, your, your business and your gym is, a, is, is valuable to the people of the, this community. And uh, I admire that. And you're do, I love how you're passionate, like what I was talking about with Alan. You're passionate about what your business is. I bet you don't even think about it as work. I think you no. see it. <laughs> not work at all for you. I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really admire that. Um, and Alan, I'm so uh, proud of you and uh, Aww, just you. admire you for what you've done and what you've already accomplished. And I know you're going to do great things with your life, no matter what they may be. And so uh, I'm grateful. Let me cry. Yeah, I'm grateful for all the words from you both. Thank you. No, I really, really thank you for that. And, you know, I, I just want to shout out to Alan and to the rest of our team too, because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be open. We might've not ever reopened after we got initially shut down. So shout out Alan and everybody else on our team for, you know, going the extra mile and giving your best efforts and everybody's always in it for our members and our community. And I'm really humbled and thankful and, um, Man, thank you so much for hopping on today. I'm excited. I'm so happy, man. I can't wait to get this one out. I'm like super stoked about it. And if you're listening, if you're driving, or if you're wherever you are listening to this, stop, take a moment, please rate this episode on iTunes, on Spotify. Check out the book, right, guys? Fighting Sickness with Fitness. And thank you so much, Kevin O'Brien, so Brian Yup, shout out and Alan for hopping on. And until next time, keep on fighting sickness with fitness. Till then.